0: Welcome to North Shore Newsweek. Hello, hello, North Shore. I'm glad to be back again. This is Joe Coglin with Martin Carlino. We are the co-founders of the record northshore.org your neighborhood um, community news site Um, we are a nonprofit. just a reminder and this is north shore news week an easy way to catch up with all the news that we uh, were reported over the week in your community Um, so we're just going to go through summarize we do that in a three segment format Um, first segment is our lead story second segment we're going to go up and down the shore and touch on every community we cover and third segment is our featured feature before we wrap everything up so um, thank you again for listening in, and uh, we got some news to report this week, and uh, uh, we're excited to do it. So, uh, Marty, how you doing? Doing great, Joe. I believe this is our dozenth episode, so
1: thank you to everyone who's, uh, who's tuned in so far up to this point, and uh, we're
0: excited to, to keep it
1: going this week once again.
0: For all our fellow um, grammarists out there, uh, dozenth is a word, if you weren't mistaken. You can use twelfth or dozenth. They both are acceptable. Um, so we're going to start off with our lead story, which is local election talk. Believe it or not, we know the election's not, we just had a major election and we were <laughs> on uh, kind of how it uh, played out locally, but April election is coming up and that is the local elections that will have a direct impact, um, on, on decisions with your tax dollars, um, and, and uh, your everyday way of life. So that's coming up in April, but right now this week is when applications are due, filings are due. Four local candidates. So what we decided to do before those all came in was uh, basically talk to everybody who might be running, who is running, every candidate, and uh, put together a little story for you on what's going on. And uh, there's going to be major change. So that's our main theme here for this story. There is so much more than we're going to mention in this podcast. So make sure to go to the record um, about this election, but uh, we're going to have major change and it starts with the top. So I'm going to run through some of the bigger races for you. Um, I think we have got to start off with the presidents. Am I right, Joe? I think we do because there's going to be a uh, major leadership turnover in uh, basically we have five units of government. Um, the village of, I'm sorry, at the, at the municipal level, Newtrier township, as well as um, the villages of Northfield, Kenilworth, Winnetka Wilmette and Glencoe. And in Four of those, um, three of those you will definitely see turnover, and Northfield you might. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. So in Wilmet, Bob Balinski is terming out, and it's going to be a race between two trustees, Senta Plunkett and, um, um, oh my gosh, I forgot. Joel Kurzman. Oh my God, Joel Kurzman for Wilmet. He's even got a website. I'm sorry, Joel. But between Joel and Senta, um, two trustees, um, you can see what they said about it early in the race, but they're going to go head to head. For the next village president. In Glencoe, the Levine is unofficially terming out. There's kind of always been a, an unspoken rule there in, in Glencoe to uh, serve two terms and then uh, move on. So they have a caucus. Um, so um, you will see Howard Roan is uh, the caucus slated candidate. And we do not know of any independent challengers as of now. That doesn't mean there won't be one, but as of right now, uh, we don't know of any.
1: And just real quick for our, for our listeners out there, candidates have until December 21st, I believe is the, is the date, right, Joe, to, to file. So we'll have an updated story once we have official filings from everyone. Uh, but so far, this is what we know after talking to uh, village officials and some sources around town. But uh,
0: just for reference, candidates do have until December 21st um, to officially file. And um, in Kenilworth? Um, Ann Potter, who is the current village president, will not run for re-election, so they will also, uh, they have a caucus in Kenilworth, uh, who has um, nominated a candidate as well. So it's, uh, just so you know, they have caucuses in every one of those communities I spoke about, except Wilmette. Um, Wilmette does not have a caucus, so the other ones have slated candidates, and, you know, maybe the most interesting one is in Northfield, um, where um, the caucus has slated um, a trustee, but the current village president, um, Joan Frazier, was not slated, even though she did interview, and she has announced she will uh, run on an independent as uh, an independent campaign um, and go toe yeah, to toe for so the, the
1: caucus the caucus has slated trustee Greg lungmist and he'll be going up against um, the incumbent Joan Fraser. So certainly should be a very interesting race there. I believe Fraser has been on the board since 2007. So. Um, definitely an experienced um, village leader, so should be a very interesting race. And Northfield is one of the places we have seen um, time and time again where voters have sort of defied the recommendations of the caucus. Um, so often, you see voters sort of align with what the what the caucus recommends and what their slate is, and, and sort of follow that. But we have seen um, several instances in, in recent elections where voters have uh, have elected officials outside of the caucus slate. So very interesting race to keep an
0: eye on for sure. Yeah. And it's interesting too, that, you know, what Joan said about it, Joan said that, uh, you know, from her understanding, village presidents are usually given two terms by the caucus or um, recommended just so they can keep going with the momentum. And um, I think she was a bit surprised by not being um, on the slate. So um, she will run and and she's excited to, you know, keep going the momentum she feels Northfield has. Um, And at the township level, kind of a different level of services, um alan goldberg the current who was appointed to the supervisor slot is is not running for re-election and the caucus has slated they had actually three people interested in the supervisor's position and um slated uh trustee gail eisenberg of wilmette so she's the trustee candidate or the supervisor candidate um also kind of big news there the clerk longtime clerk jerome hoines is also not seeking re-election he's been he's been there for a long time so check out the caucus slate there we have all the slates listed. We also have um, elsewhere there's going to be some races. Oh, there's so much information to go through.
1: Yeah, you'll uh, definitely want to take a look at the article we've got up on the record, North um, very comprehensive breakdown of, uh, of all the races. And I, uh, the, you, the listeners might be thinking we're joking around here, but quite possibly the most contested race of all is going to be uh, for the Wilmette Park Board we know of as of this point at least 10 candidates who will be vying for the park board so we've uh, we've talked a lot around to some some village sources and they've they've said that it's it's a lot of a lot of citizens vying for election to the park board so going to be a very interesting race for the Willamette park board
0: and to to some of our sources it was a bit mind-boggling cuz currently there isn't a major contentious issue. Of course, the parks are very important. Um, the, you know, they like to call uh, Gilson Park the crown jewel uh, of Wilmette. But um, there isn't one right now that's really being uh, is big in the news. So some people are kind of confused. Uh, we've heard upwards of 10 to 15. We'll see that number might drop with the filings. I'm sure it will. But it, either way, it's going to be contentious. We hear it's going to be contentious for the uh, District 39 board. As well as the trier board, we have the slated candidates, which do not include a few incumbents. And we heard um, a few others are going for it, but we don't have that confirmed um, yet. So you'll see everything that's confirmed in there as well. Uh, Wilmette Village board, we did confirm, has two outside candidates vying for the position. Um, you can check out those, Justin Shepard and Kate, um, Kate Jaya. And I'm going to screw up that name as well. But she's going for it. And other ones as well. Check out the whole story. We got it preemptively up and as martin said there uh the applications and the filings are due on monday so afterward we will get all those names for you and hopefully put it in a very simple format as we did for this article but check it out you should be interested in local elections um they do affect as we mentioned um kind of your day-to-day decisions and how you live um your life Woo, that is the local election um, story that we did. Um, check it out again. And uh, moving on, that is our lead story. And now we're going to go up and down the shore. And as always, we start with our favorite northernmost city of Glencoe.
1: Yeah, we're going to start with uh, a store in Glencoe's Hubbard Woods Plaza that's in for a major facelift, Joe. Um, so the owner of that plaza is going to be demolishing the former Glencoe Walgreens. And it's going to be converted into a 22,000 square foot retail and office center. Um, So this just received the needed approval from Glencoe's plan commission last Thursday. Uh, So we talked with the village and they are now expecting that project to move forward sometime in the early part of 2021. So a big change coming to the Hubbard woods Plaza mall, which I'm sure as many of our listeners know is um, right near the Glencoe Winneka border. So, um, very interesting development coming there, and, and certainly going to, going to make use of a space that's been vacant now for a, for a couple of years. So, encouraging to to always see when a, when a vacant space gets revitalized.
0: And that is Glencoe, and we're going to skip down one time to Weneca, where the uh, the public schools are planning ahead um, in terms of the coronavirus.
1: Yeah, we had a Weneca Public Schools meeting last night, Joe, and the big takeaway from that meeting is that the administration is going to. Um, review and look at a plan that is going to allow for all day in-person learning. So currently the, the district is has a, has a learning model where students come in for half the day um, in-person learning and then go to remote learning for the other half of the day. So they have repeatedly said that one of their goals is to try to get more in-person learning opportunities. So they'll now at the start of next year be looking at a model that will allow for all day instruction. They're actually going to be taking a two week adaptive pause after winter break um, related to some travel concerns they have about staffers and families. And then they'll be coming back uh, January 19th. So at the board's January meeting, they'll be looking at a, at a recommendation from the administration that'll that'll present a plan for a for a full day learning model. So some potential changes coming to a uh, to a district that has maintained in-person learning for, for most of the year so far.
0: And that's uh, that's in Winnetka, and we're going to move down to Northfield, kind of an all-encompassing story here with a new Trier play, and they, they are going to continue to do it and stay in the holiday spirit with uh, A Christmas Carol.
1: Yeah, and that play is actually debuting today, and as Joe mentioned, we're recording this on Wednesday, so that's December 16th, and it's going to be, for anyone who's interested in viewing it, it's going to be available for free until December 18th. Um, the only thing you have to do is sign up for an account um on broadway on demand and the account is totally free as i mentioned so it'll be available these next couple days for free and um the the link for that is broadwayondemand.com so just head on over to that link and you'll be able to to get a streamed version of the play and then the play is also going to be on wnth neutreer's official radio station um at 7 p.m december 22nd through the 24th so some opportunities if you're interested in, um, in hearing New Trier's version of It's a Wonderful Life, a live radio play um, and a great story from our reporter Aaron Yarnall on, on how students are finding some, some joy in an uncommon year um, from participating in this production.
0: Um, yeah, Marty, thanks for correcting me. I said a Christmas carol. I've been watching too much of, of Mickey's Christmas carol with my son. So, um, it is, it is it's a wonderful life and support the, uh, support the fine arts when you can. They're putting, the, they're going through a lot of effort, um, to kind of come up with these, um, COVID related, um, changes and efforts for you. So check it out if you can. Um, speaking of Nutrier, this is our, um, this is our Kenilworth version. There was a new board meeting as well this week. Um, they did already create plans um, going forward, and what they want to do, fifty percent model, but they had a little more discussion, and now they're ironing out some other things.
1: Yeah, and the, the big takeaway from that meeting, Joe, is that the administration is going to move forward with uh, mandating participation in its COVID nineteen screener program for anyone who wishes to learn in person. So, um, all students, with the exception of um, some students who who have special needs or aren't able to participate in the screener program, are going to be required. Um, around the start of next year, it sounds to um, to take part in that COVID nineteen screener program that the district has. So right now, the participation rate in that program is right around eighty four percent, according to some district data that was presented at the meeting. But officials have made it very clear that they're not happy with that eighty four percent number, and they uh, they definitely see some room for improvement, and they want it to be as close to one hundred percent as possible. So that's sort of the motivation behind the. Uh, the decision to mandate participation, uh, I think it's certainly a, a welcome sign for many at the campus because as officials have repeatedly stated, they, they have great confidence in this screener program and its ability to, to keep asymptomatic cases of the virus out of the building.
0: Yeah, I think they said before they started the screener program, they were anticipating and hopeful for over 90 percent, and even 95 percent. So the 84, as you mentioned, was disappointing. And uh, you know, as you can imagine, if if 16 percent of students are getting in the building without being tested, there is a higher chance um, for a case to be walking the school hallways, and it makes it a little less safe, which is the uh, antithesis of the program. So um, that's what Nutria is doing moving forward. Now we're going to skip down to Will Met, and we're going to talk about Hanukkah in a parking lot. That's right. You heard that correctly. So, it's as we mentioned, party. <laughs> as we mentioned a little bit ago, all these um, organizations are doing everything they can to keep up um, with their events and, and really serve the community um, in the amid COVID nineteen. Um, and so, um, two and I, I know a lot of synagogues and congregations are doing this, but two and we'll met specifically um, Beth Hillel Beniel uh, Benai Amuna Amuna. Um, as well as the Kabad Center of Wilmet. I'm sorry. I think you nailed it. Did I? Oh, thank you. Um, they both had drive up Hanukkah celebrations, Hanukkah services over the weekend. Um, Beth Eels was on Saturday and uh, the Kabad Centers was on Sunday. And basically they just, you know, performed the service outside with families in their cars enjoying the time. They had different activities at each. We have a photo gallery up, a short story. Really, it's about the photos. You can kind of see um, the celebrations of Hanukkah um, in the photos, great stuff by Rhonda Holcomb. Um, so go and check them out. Um, but pretty cool events to kind of keep these traditions alive and still allow people to, um, be a part of their faith in these difficult times. Um, and that is up and down the shore, our second segment. So hope you enjoyed the, all those stories again at, uh, the record north And now we're going on to our fan favorite featured feature of the week. Um, And this is a a story about a community member um, who who passed away um, this winter, I'm sorry, in the fall, um, and meant a lot to Northfield.
1: Yeah, and we've got a a tribute story from the great Alan P. Henry up on our website that sort of um, highlights the the tremendous life of public service of Pat Doherty, who was well known in Northfield. He served on the village board. He served on many other various boards throughout uh, um, Northfield and the Northfield Village Board at its December meeting paid tribute to uh, to Pat and, and Village President Joan Frazier said he he did a great job in everything that he did. He was someone who could always be counted on to speak on any issue, whether it was the village or the church or the library. And she even went on to say he was a voice on behalf of the community. So very strong, strong words from Village President Joan Frazier. He, he meant a lot to the community. Um, he was on the the zoning board of appeals, and and one of the things that several trustees had mentioned is that whenever a property was up for discussion, he would always drive out to see the property himself, so he could get a better understanding of that. He was known for uh for his Hawaiian shirts and his classic red Cadillac that always had the license plate ND fifty eight, which was a nod to his graduation um, from Notre Dame College. So he was a very proud alumnus of Notre Dame, and and followed all of its sports teams very closely throughout his life. And certainly was a, was a great public servant to Northfield.
0: And uh, on on a personal note, he was a friend of, of the work we did in the community, especially that of, of Megan Bernard, who was our managing editor and the former editor of the Glencoe uh, I'm sorry, the Winneka current and the Glencoe anchor. And uh, he would call Megan um, pretty regularly and they'd chat about issues in the community and, and he'd give feedback, which was always much appreciated. So, uh, you know, thank you, Pat, and and, and rest in peace. Um, and that's it for our show this week. Thank you guys for listening. Um, before we go, we always like to do a, a quick uh, look at what's ahead. And uh, we do have a couple stories coming down um, coming down on Pike. And uh, the first one, um, I'm working on a, a disc golf story. Um, a course maybe coming to Wilmette. It's really way too early to tell if this will fit in uh, the Wilmette Park District's plans. But it is being proposed. But the story is more about if you didn't know, Wilmet um, Wilmette is really a landmark um, for disc golf in this country, um, as I've found out. So I'm putting together a little history of it. There used to be a course at Gilson Park, as well as Highcrest, um, near Highcrest School. So putting a little, together a little history piece, as well as what might be um, coming to Wilmette. And that'll be up hopefully um, today, which is Wednesday. So go ahead and check that out as well. Um, as we also have a story about a, a little um, program called Wilmette Orders Out, um, which which is uh, by an 11-year-old in the community. Alexa Burnell's working on it. Um, just an initiative to get you, you know, residents to keep these restaurants alive. Get takeout, order out. Um, kind of uh, pushing them to do so.
1: Yeah, definitely a great local news story. Uh, 11, as Joe mentioned, an 11-year-old Will Met resident named Gabby White has spearheaded this campaign to try to help restaurants make it through the difficulties of operating during a pandemic so this is sort of the story we we love to tell and that no one else is able to tell so we're excited to share that story with you in the coming days
0: and then glencoe village board meets uh, on thursday which is which for us is tomorrow um which for you is probably today but uh they're they're meeting and what are they talking about tomorrow marty
1: yeah haven't had a chance to look too detailed at the agenda joe but we'll uh, we'll be We'll be there covering. I think they've got some, some budget talk on the docket um, and it's their last meeting of the year. So usually uh, whenever a, a village board or, or any board we cover meets for the last time in the year, you usually get quite a bit of news coming out of it um, because it'll be the last time they'll, they'll meet for a while. So as I mentioned, it'll be until 2021 that we'll hear again from the Glencoe village board. So expect, uh, quite a bit of news coming out of that meeting on Thursday night. We'll, we'll have it for you ready. First thing Friday morning, when you
0: wake up. Great. Thank you, Marty. Um, we're doing that and Marty's on all our coverage works, works his tail off to get uh, all those news coverage from those meetings. So thank you. And, uh, that's it, folks. Thank you for listening to North Shore News Week, uh, your summary of uh, all the local news that we, that we put out each week. And um, hopefully, uh, we'll be back uh, next week with, uh, with some more. Thanks for listening.